Welcome to the Engineering Emotions and Energy Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Wink. On today's show, going to be talking about how fear or anxiety can be viewed as a message that if you're paying attention to, can actually help you get what you really want in your life. And oh, someone's... I thought I heard somebody at my door, but I think it's just somebody getting ready next door. So that's the fun of, um, you know, recording podcasts at home in the time of work from home and all that fun stuff, right? Uh, The other thing we're going to talk about is how the universe looks out for you when you look out for yourself. So I got a great story about that. And it's kind of related to earlier this morning, met with my yoga teacher training crew, and we were supposed to be focusing on doing a reading of uh, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, which is kind of considered the quintessential overview of classical yoga, uh, which is different than Hatha yoga. So usually when you're going to a yoga class and doing the physical asana, the flinging, flinging your arms and whatever and trying to get the good yoga butt, that's, a, that's very much a Hatha yoga practice, uh, whereas the Yoga Sutras, which is often the first thing someone is going to read if they're like, ah, oh, I got into yoga, I want to like learn some more, you're going to read that. Even though there's really, I believe, a, a Patanjali's Yoga Sutras mentions one or two asanas, and they're mostly seated, because it's really all about meditation and the inward journey of yoga. So anyway, a friend afterwards, she called me up and was like, I, th- I thought we were going to be talking about yoga and the yoga sutras and we kind of ended up talking a lot more about what's been going on with the world with you know opening up and how we feel about that not emotionally but the opening up of different places and different things which i'm going to talk about later physically how that ties in with our feelings of anxiety and fear and she's like well i wanted to really talk about the philosophy and it's kind of like yeah i understand we kind of got into these things so we these things like the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, how we're adjusting to the age of uh, COVID and opening back up and getting to see people. And I said, like, yeah, we're, you know, we're supposed to be talking about a yoga, but we didn't talk about yoga, but we still talked about yoga. And she's like, yeah, I know what you mean. I still wanted to talk about (laughs) the philosophy of yoga, though. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. So sometimes, you know, it's we, we want that one thing and we don't get exactly what we want, but sometimes we still get exactly what we want. And where this falls in is yesterday morning, I woke up and I decided, hey, instead of meditating in my office where it's, you know, very cave-like, I decided I'm going to go out to the river nearby. So I'm about 15 minutes away from the American River outside of Sacramento, and i Hadn't pretty much never done this before. So got up, drove, parked, uh, walked, found a place on the river. Is actually right between the Folsom Prison uh, on one side, and there's a bridge called Rainbow Bridge. It was built uh, before 1900. And currently, because Memorial Day, 4th of July, uh, they do this about every year. There's a giant American flag draped coming down from the top of this uh, ye old timey um, s- sort of suspension type bridge thing. Um, so to me, it was a very, very cool sort of metaphor that on one side there's a prison, on the other side there's the American flag, which uh, to me was symbolizing f- the idea of freedom. That really there's 
often we're between freedom and we're between a prison of our habits. And on that morning, I chose to go towards doing activity, which was more towards my freedom, which is being outdoors near water, meditating, as opposed to being in my habitual pattern of just meditating in my office. And so that was like a really beautiful way to kick off the day. And what was amazing was the synchronicities that started to happen afterwards that I look back at the day and I'm like, wow, just that one little 15 minute effort into myself, the universe then met me probably fivefold, uh, giving me experiences and opportunities that if I hadn't gone for what I wanted, I don't know if they would have happened or they would have taken a lot longer. So the one the, the one thing that was really interesting was after I'd finished meditating, I asked my wife, hey, do you want let me pick up anything? She's like, oh, could you go to Clementine's and pick up uh, some, some lattes? So I'm like, okay, so go walk down. Um, so where I was, it was also within walking distance. So we have a little historical downtown. It kind of looks like an old, old Western type, uh, type look. Um, cause it, historically this area used to be gold mining is came about during the gold rush. So stuff that was built was very much like if you're going to look, um, watch something like Deadwood or Tombstone. Uh, it's got a little bit of that, that look and feel, the this this main street there, Sutter Street. And I'm walking and, you know, some places are open. Some places have completely changed since I last, you know, because it's been three months since I've really gone out to this area of my town, even though, again, it's only like 10, 15 minutes away. And go to... Clementine's, which is a little cafe, and there's butcher paper up in the windows. I'm like, the website says open, but I think they closed up and they didn't they didn't let the internet know that they're closed up. So that, I was like, oh, well, that's kind of a bummer that this is closed. And so I walk back to my car and I just decide, well, let me take a little longer way home and maybe I'll come across a coffee place, maybe not. And I'm driving along and past the Dutch Brothers, and I'm like, oh, okay, drive through, cool, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, and roll up, get my order, and then there was no wait, but so it took longer to make the drinks than because often in a drive through the there's the line of cars and it's basically just you know transaction transaction, not a lot of time for human interaction. So the girl working was very friendly, very chatty, and. I was like, hey, you know, how's your day been? And she's like, oh, it was really good, you know, but now I've got a lot of stuff coming up later, later today. Cause she had asked me, you know, how's, how's my day going? And I said, oh, it's, it's good. I got nothing, nothing planned. And she was like, well, I, I started the day that way and now I have lots of plans. And one of the things she said, she's like, I got an art class I got to do. And I was like, oh, an art class. And she's like, yeah, unfortunately, it's like a really beginner and not to sound like super braggy, but I'm like a really good artist. And this is teaching us how to do stick figures and trees and stuff like that. And it's just super, super simple for me. And I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. Like that sounds like the art class for me because I can barely draw a stick figure. And then the drinks were ready and I went about my day not thinking much of it having this talk about art and how I'm not really good and that a beginner class would be fantastic for me. And so where this gets really cool and we're still going to be talking about how fear and anxiety can be good messages for you. So that's still coming up. So don't worry about that is 
I'm outside reading Michael Burnoff's Average Sucks book, uh, really getting into some of the messaging about understanding what your current average is, what keeps you there, how there's, you know, your identity, there's your relationships, there's what you've done, there's what you're afraid of. And my wife comes out and says, hey, uh, some of us are thinking of doing a paint night tonight. Are you in? And I'm think I'm having all of these thoughts of what painting means to me. When was the last time I painted? I've never been a good painter. That I can barely draw a stick figure. And then thinking back to how earlier was talking to the woman who gave me my coffee and was like, "Oh, beginning art class would be great for me." And I know these uh, paint and sip things are they're basically beginning art classes. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm in. I'll do it." And I went on the website, read the the facts, and what's funny is that you know one of its because it's called, I believe, painted cork, and so you, you paint and sip, and they're in fact it's like frequently asked questions. There's a question like, "Well, do I have to be having beer or wine or alcohol?" And they're like, "No, you can come and not have alcohol." So we brought our soda waters. Love the Lacroix. There's another brand. I love a ginger one. Delightful. I'm sure they're going to find there's some chemicals here that um, it's not the best. Again, a lot of these things, it's all about can you get a little better than you were before? So I haven't drank soda many, many, many years. Sparkly water with a little essence. Uh, I, I enjoy that. Honestly, if it's a little too sweet, I, I don't like it as much. So some of these like bubbly from Pepsi. So it's Pepsi tap water mixed with I don't know what. Too sweet for me. Not my thing. It's, it reminds me a little bit too much of soda, which I find fascinating that basically diabetic sugar water that literally kills us, harms us, we associate with happiness. And then activities like meditating, we will debate, you know, the benefits. And although for the vast majority of people, the chances of having a really, really bad time meditating very, very low for very beginning types of meditation. So we get a little nervous on, oh, we don't want to say that it's too good or whatever. But Pepsi, Coca-Cola, soda, sugar, poison water, that we can say, have a smile, have a good time. It's all the best and whatever. That's okay. But saying, oh, meditation can change your life and make make you money, make you healthier, improve your relationships. Oh, let's not let's not go too crazy there, even though it's way more true than the fact that Pepsi makes you happy. No, it makes you makes you fucking have horrible health and misery. That's really what we should be associating when we're thinking Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and all these other sugary beverages and stuff like that. So going back to paint night. So I was really noticing, you know, the the anxiety that was coming up in the moment of I've got the brushes and I got a blank canvas, which they're very smart. They don't start you with a blank canvas. What we were doing was a scene called Lighthouse on a Morning Sunrise, something like that. So they've already pre-stenciled the horizon line and the lighthouse. So you don't start with a blank canvas. So it's already started. So I think there was something something really cool about that because a lot of times the hardest thing for all of us to do often is just getting started. Here, I didn't have to worry about getting started. I just had to worry about how am I going to finish it. And there was a great instructor there to lead us along the way, did a fantastic job. And noticing that the anxiety really is about just wanting to 
do well. And it's a little bit of excitement because it's something that I'm not used to. It's something that, um, but I was able to analyze and realize that, hey, this is something I really want to try out. I want to see, can I be better than I thought than when I came in here with? And it was really interesting how we got done with it. And people are like, wow, I like the colors, how they came out. And I really liked how the transition from the skyline to the water looked fantastic. And I was like, wow, I the last time I painted, there were numbers involved, paint by numbers. Because when I was a kid, there'd be these little paint by number sets that we get at uh, Toys R Us, which used to be a store where kids would go and be demanding to their parents to buy toys. I believe they've now gone out of business. So what's fascinating to me is that something I thought I am horrible at with just a little bit of effort, a little bit of instruction, I was really not bad. And now I'm very interested in doing another one of these paint nights and seeing how I could do some other skills because it's like, okay, some things I did really well. Then other things, there was they weren't horrible, but looking at other people, I'm like, oh, I could draw, I could paint rocks better than I painted. So there's some must be some technique into painting rocks. So I'm interested. I'm excited. I want to go back. Now, juxtapose this with afterwards, the friends that we were with, they wanted to go out to a, a bar. And it's like, well, okay, because we had soda waters, but some other people were having some wines and stuff. And it was really interesting going into a bar type area after having not gone for three months. And there's some precautions being done for social distancing. And you know, there's more, there's seats and there's tables that are closed off saying, don't sit here, don't do this. Masks are not required where I'm I'm living in a lot of places because it very much is a, a meeting of uh, red and blue. It's a very purplish type of a town, I would I would say. And so uh, there's probably just some people that if you may ask them to wear a mask, they would ask you to, you know, go fuck yourself. And the businesses wanting to make business are doing what they can and um, accommodating people that are not tolerant to the concept of being asked to to wear a mask, um, which I'm not going to get into. Um, It's, you know, people have their views and sometimes there's a time and a place to question. And again, to me, it's the, how, how do I feel and is this worth it? That was the question I started asking myself is this worth an exposure to a disease that I don't know how it will actually Im- impact me? You know, it was one thing, you know, smash cut six months ago when, as far as we knew, it was just cold and flu. It was all that could hurt you. We knew what we were going to get more or less if we were to go out and catch something. And so we, it was all informed risk taking. Now there's a little bit, we know more now more than we did three months ago, yet on an individual level, none of us really knows exactly how, if we caught the the virus that causes COVID-19, how are we really going to respond to that? Are we going to, we might think, well, I'm young, I'm healthy, but do we really know? Because I was watching Bill Maher and had on a, a guest that's a dean at a, a school of nutrition and diet, and he said that effectively about... Uh, 81% or some something like that, 80% of adults, uh, you do not have a healthy metabolism that if you, you know, these are a set of, set of tests you can do and most people fail to have an overall uh, definition of good metabolic health. And it's this metabolic health is what correlates to 
a higher probability of a severe case of COVID-19. And a lot of people think that, oh, well, this is just uh, obesity. Like, I'm not obese, so I should be fine. There's, you might have heard of this term skinny fat, where basically it's like you got a skinny body. Most people would say it looks good, it looks sexy. But on the inside, you're basically effectively have the health of a fat person. Like you might have inflammation markers, you could be pre-diabetic. So just because you quote unquote look healthy um, from a, you know, inches, pounds on the scale type of a thing, that does not necessarily mean that you are actually healthy on the inside. Goes back to you can't you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't tell you're healthy by how much you weigh. There's more to health than that. And so, you know, I like to think that I'm healthy. I do do, but there's a lot of stuff where I know I could be better. So I'm not super scared of getting it, but yet, hey, I don't know how it's going to hurt, going to impact me. So it comes down to this concept of informed risk taking. Is it worth doing this and then possibly having exposure to the virus and having whatever happens because of that? And so we walk into this bar and everyone sits down and it's kind of, it's dark in there. It just kind of feels dank and I'm not drinking. My wife wasn't drinking and it was just kind of like, these people, this place, is this worth possible exposure to this virus that I don't know how it's going to impact me? And I was like, no. So I asked my wife. Hey, how about we go take a little walk outside, go enjoy the sunset, go to that rainbow bridge where that I had been near earlier, because you get a beautiful view over the over the river. You can see, look up towards the prison or look out towards the lake downstream. Very beautiful. And so we did that and run into a couple really good friends that hadn't seen for probably months now like this is a couple and their kids that were usually would probably see them you know once a month every other month just really enjoy their company just always very uplifting great people to be with and so ran into them and i i I was like ah these are people that i enjoy being around and an exposure risk is totally worth it to be with these people because i feel so much better uh, being with these people in this environment than where I was in this old other environment that was not for me. So it's one of those where, you know, I had fear and anxiety and it's a message. And when we're conscious and we're aware, we can utilize that message to propel us forward into living the life that we truly desire and truly what we want. And when we kick off the day with already having an idea of, I know what I want and I'm going to go do what I want. Then the universe can respond back to us and go, all right, you know what you want. Uh, Let me help you. Let me give you some opportunities. Let me give you some things that can help you along the way. So that was really what made that day yesterday so beautiful, so amazing, and such an expression of how the universe can come and give you back more when you put in a little bit of the effort and it really was a case of even though maybe I wasn't consciously practicing uh, things as you learn techniques and you learn concepts and ideas and you consciously practice them, 
Later, there will be times where you're so well-trained that they just start to be autopilot and they just start to happen for you. And the more that you practice these things and they become a part of you, the easier they become and the more they just become automatic. And that just becomes who you are. And so some of these techniques and things that I mention and talk about on this show, they're going to be hard at first. It's not going to be easy. It's going to seem weird. It's going to challenge you. Yeah, I'm going to encourage you to come back, give it a try. Because again, that anxiousness or that fear, again, you got to put it in the context of what's happening who are you? Who do you want to be? What do you want to have? And use that because sometimes it can mean like, I got to get out of here and go towards something else. Or maybe this is an indication that you're on the right path and that you are doing what it is that you're meant to be doing. So just because something seems a little scary, seems a little frightening, notice that, sit with it a bit, then decide what it is that you want to do with that. And that's all that I want to get into today. So I think this is a fantastic show, Engineering Emotions and Energy Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Wink. Catch us on Facebook at emotionsengineering.com, content.e-motionsengineering.com for some free meditation-related content. Going to be more there. So have a good day.